Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Let's go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. I want to talk about how you can receive maximum blessings in church. I'm following up on my teaching from last week. After we have understood God's purpose for the church, what is God's purpose for the church? The important question you ask is, why do people stay in church so long and their lives never get better? Why do people stay in church so long and life remains the same or even worse? It is not the plan of God that people should go to church and remain the same over the years. God's desire and intention that church should be a place of life transformation. When I say life transformation, it means transformation in your character. It means transformation in your, con- life, in your condition, in the situation you find yourself in. It means progress in your life. It means changes, positive changes, changes for the better. But it is very sad that while people keep testifying of good things that God is doing in their lives and how people keep experiencing progress and constant um, blessings from God, other people keep complaining and other people keep lamenting and life never changes, life never moves forward and it is not the will of God. Now, so in this teaching, I want to really clarify to you that the fact that you go to church does not necessarily mean your life is going to become better. You need to know how to conduct your life in the house of God, how to conduct yourself. So this is what Paul said to Timothy. He said, these things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Paul said, I am writing to you so that in case I delay, there is something that I don't want you to be ignorant of. It is so urgent that even if I delay, I want you to know it now. That's why I'm writing. So, The purpose of the book of 1 Timothy was to educate the pastor. Timothy, even if the pastor needs to know how to conduct himself, then members must know more. He said, how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. So there's a way and manner you must conduct yourself in the house of God in order to enjoy maximum blessing. Somebody say maximum blessing. Yeah, maximum blessing means that God has so much blessing for you. God has so much blessings for you. I said God has so much blessings for you. Yeah, yeah some people come to church and receive no blessing at all. Some also come and receive little. Some come and receive a lot. Some come and receive all. And I pray that you will be among the people who receive all the blessings. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, you receive all the blessings. There are blessings in the house of God. Hebrews 12, um, 24 
from 22 tells us there are a lot of blessings in the house of God. And Allah said, so but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than the blood of Abel. These are all the blessings. A lot of blessings in the house of God. But Paul said to Timothy, I write so that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God. He said the house of God is what? The church of the living God. And last week I said that the transition from the Old Testament to the New in relationship to worship is that the house of God took on a new name, which we call church. So today you need to understand if you are a Christian, who will be greatly blessed is that church is not a playground. It's not a place to come and play. Church is God's house. It's not your house. There are things you can do in your house. You can't do it in church. If you want to treat church like your house, you're going to be in big trouble. You're going to keep coming and coming and coming. Nothing will happen in your life. It's a different place altogether. Yes, that is why God told Moses, where you are standing is holy ground. Take off your sandals from your feet. In other words, treat the place as a sacred place. It is not about the, the removing the shoe. It is about, it is about understanding Having a mindset that makes you understand that where you are is, is, is not like every other place. It is a different, it's a unique place. It is a place where your destiny can be totally transformed. It is a place where unusual things can happen in your life. So he said, the house of God is the church of the living God. The living God, not the dead God, the living God. That you come into the house and you know you are in the presence of someone who is alive. He sees you, he hears you, he knows you, and he can work his works in your life. That means that you have to come with faith. You have to come to God's house with faith. He said it is the church of the living God and the pillar and ground of truth. That means that in God's house, you don't come to hear lies. No, 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 you don't come to hear lies. You don't come to hear empty promises. It's not a politi- church is not a political rally. Where we tell you, you know, this road will be done in one month time. And then later they say, we, we actually didn't say one month. We said, uh, whatever. It's not a political rally. It is the house of God. When you come, you come to hear truth. God says exactly what he means, and he means exactly what he says. Hallelujah. God, God is not the man to lie. Whatever he tells you is the truth. Believe it or you don't believe it is up to you. But whatever he tells you is truth. You know, when he says something is truth, it means it can stand the test of time. Yeah, it can never change. It is the truth. Yeah. It can stand the test of time. It means that it, when I say something is true, it also means that it will always come to pass. 
Yeah, so when God says, I'm going to bless you, it will come to pass. It is supposed to come to pass in your life. Church of the living God. So when you enter a church, you are in the presence of a living God, not a dead God. Yeah, and if he is alive, he is able to hear. He hears when we call on him. He is able to see. He sees us. He sees everything we do, good and bad. So he sees the people who are doing the good things. He sees the people who are doing the bad things. God is not dead. Never forget that. He sees everything. He sees those who are faithful to him. Those who make the sacrifices in his house. Those who are serving faithfully. Those who are, you know, pursuing the progress of his house. Those who are concerned, who care about his house. He sees them. He also sees those who don't care about his house. He sees those who are trying to sabotage the, the progress of his church. He sees those who, 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 who always want to create all the problems in the church. He sees everything. He sees and he hears. Yeah, in that, he doesn't only see and he hears. He also works his works in the lives of people. He's always at work. He's always at work. He's always at work in the lives of people. Always working. Always working. I said he's always working. Yeah. And he's not only working, because he's alive, he speaks. Yeah. So when you come into his house, you must come to hear him, not to hear your pastor. You must come to hear him. Yeah. You must come to see him, not see people, not see your pastor. You must come to see God. And if you want to see him, you will see him because he reveals himself in different ways through his works in our lives, through his works in the lives of other people. You can see God at work. So God is alive. And in his house, you can find the truth. You won't find deception. Church is, is one place for once. You can be assured that you will hear a promise from someone who won't lie to you and disappoint you. People will always lie to you and disappoint you. But God, he does not lie. So he said how you ought to conduct yourself. Never forget this. There's a way and manner you conduct yourself in God's house so that God will bless you. And knowing how to conduct yourself, you have to look into the word of God. You cannot live anyhow and live anyhow and live anyhow and yet expect to be blessed. Now, how do I get maximum blessings from the house of God? Number one, I think we'll take two today. And the rest next week. Number one, go to church for the right reasons. Go to church for the right reasons. Somebody say the right reasons. Yeah, go to church for the right reasons. That means that when you understand the purpose, God's purpose for the church, that must become your guide to why you should go to church. The purpose of the church is worship, is discipleship, is evangelism, it's um, fellowship. It's uh, warfare and charity. Ministry, yeah. Go to church for the right reasons. That means that your reasons for going to church should be to worship him and be discipled, to get yourself involved in evangelism, 
to receive ministry, to pray for your church as the church is involved in warfare, fellowship with other brothers and sisters in the church, and be involved in charity. That is the right reason to be in church. You go to worship God, then you are discipled. Then you get yourself involved in evangelism. Then you pray for the church. Then you receive ministry. Then you fellowship with people in the church. And you get yourself involved in charity as God begins to bless you. That is what it means to conduct yourself right in church. In the book of Matthew chapter 2, I want to show you how somebody had wrong reasons for going to church. Verse 7. Matthew 2, verse 7. Then Herod, everybody look at this. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. We're talking about the birth of Jesus. What time did the star appear? And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, Flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. All right. So in verse 7, we see something happening here. The wise men from the east, they were not Jewish people. They were astrologers, people who read the stars to predict global events. But because God wanted the birth of his son to make global news. Even people who were unbelievers, he wanted them to announce to them something that something greater had happened on the planet. And so these people saw a star, a very unique star in the sky. And by their divination, they were able to know that a very great king had been born in Israel. And so they decided to go and look for that king and worship him. In other words, become believers. And they travel from the east. When you say the east, that means east part of Israel. That means probably from the Arabian lands. And because those days there were no cars and, and aeroplanes, they traveled over a long period, probably a year plus, almost two years they journeyed. He said, how did I know? Because Herod asked them, what time did they see the star? He wanted to guess the age of the boy. That is why Herod asked the soldiers, kill all male children in Bethlehem two years 
and downwards. Because he, he knew that if all male children, two years and down, are killed, the king will also be killed. Now, what happened? These wise men, after traveling this long, entered Israel and went to Jerusalem. Why? Because in those days, kings are not born in villages. Kings are born where? In the city and also in where? The palace, yes. So they naturally just went to Israel, looked for the king's house, and said, a king has been born in this house. It's going to be great. And they said, oh, no baby has been born one of these days. And the wise men said, no, we are astrologers. We know, when, when, when we see things, we know. We know a king has been born. And he's going to be a great king, going to be the king of the whole world. Herod said, huh? Hmm. That, that means my kingdom is coming to an end. It's like announcing coup d'etat. But these wise men did have no clue what they were doing. He said, a king has been born on this land. You know? And Herod said, okay, it may be a Jewish person. And so he called the, how do you call it? The Jewish priests. And they came and they said, well, there's these people here. They are saying a king is to be born. According to your prophetic uh, books, where is a king supposed to be born? And they said, no. Uh, you know, the, the, bio, the, 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 the prophecies of Isaiah and many people said a king will be born one day, but he will be born in the house of David in Bethlehem because David comes from Bethlehem. Then Herod called them and said, okay, you go to Bethlehem. Look for the child. Verse 8, look for the child. And when you find him, what, should you, what do they do? Come and what? Tell me so that I will also go and do what? Worship. So that I will also go and do what? Worship him. But did he really plan to go and worship? No. He wanted to go and terminate his life so that any threat to his kingdom will be eliminated. And so... Every now and then, you will see people who pretend to want to go to church to go and worship, but they had other intentions. And that is why they never receive anything from God. You must make sure that your intentions for going to church should be right. Your motive for church must be right. Amen. Yes. And I tell everybody, if you are a mature Christian, understand, not everybody is in church to worship God. That's why you must not let people's behavior surprise you. Yeah, if your phone gets missing in church, don't say, how? How? I thought, I thought they are all Christians. I didn't know this. They are so much hypocrites. No, not everybody is into worship. Many people go to church for different reasons. Some people go to church to see who are the rich people in the church so that they can plan and rob them. I've had many people who have been followed from church to their homes and robbed. That's why I've seen many people who have been defrauded right from church. The people defrauded them are in the church. One day a brother in this church called me about a business transaction. I said, no, I've heard it before. Call brother so-so and so. Call brother so-so and so. They almost defrauded him. I, in fact, the guy had a dream and saw me, 
And I asked him, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to Takrade. And I told him, return, go home. And that, that day, that night, he had planned in the morning he was going to Takrade to give the people money over a business transaction. So he called me and I said, ah, you, this dream couldn't be accidental. So don't go today. At least let's pray. One thing led to another. Later we realized that it was fraud. But thank God he did not pay the money. A year later, another member, same people, same. When he told the story, I said, oh, don't even finish. I've, I've heard this story before. That, that told me that the people were in the church. They were in the church. But they won't mention church. They will say, I, I know you here and there. I said, ask them, where did they get your number from? They said, tell him stories, 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 which doesn't add up. People are in church for very many different reasons. Yeah. Very many negative reasons. Very, very many negative reasons. But let me say that there's nothing wrong to come to church for the wrong reasons. But it is wrong to remain in church for the wrong reasons. When you come and you enter the church and you hear what God is doing in other people's life, be challenged to say, let me try this Jesus. Let me try this Jesus. Let me try this Jesus. Let me give my life to Jesus. If you go to church for the wrong reasons, you will never find Jesus. And if you don't find Jesus, your life remains the same. Yeah, your life remains the same. That is the number one reasons why many people do not receive maximum blessings in church. Wrong reasons. That means that don't let anybody's behavior offend you and you leave the church. Because for all you know, that is that person's reasons for coming. That person came for you to make you leave the church and lose your blessing. Yeah. So don't let anybody's behavior make you leave a church. People will offend you. People will insult you. People will gossip about you. People will look down on you. Sometimes when we say greet one another, somebody will decide not to greet you. Sometimes when we say smile at each other, somebody frowns at you. Please, you are not here for greetings. You didn't come to church for greetings. You didn't come to church to come and receive smiles. Smiles from people won't change your life. You came for something greater and bigger. I said you came for something better. Yeah, you didn't come so that people will smile at you or greet you. You came because of Jesus. 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 So let him be the focus. 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 In Jesus' name. Number two. Pray for your church. How to get maximum blessings from church. Number one is what? Go to church for the right reasons. Number two, pray for your church. I want to say that you are either praying for your church or you are gossiping about your church. You cannot be doing both at the same time. Pray for your church. Why do you pray for your church? Because there's no perfect church anywhere. There's no perfect church. If you read the book of Revelation chapter 2, Jesus gave prophetic messages to John to seven different churches. The number seven is the number of perfection. 
See, every church is going through one of those seven challenges at a time. In fact, I believe every church goes through the seven different cycles of challenges. I tell every pastor, read Revelation chapter 2. See the different churches and the problems that they had. Jesus complained about it and that they should change. They should correct them. There's no perfect church. You know why there's no perfect church? Because every church is made up of people. People. Human beings. As, as long as there are human beings in church, the church cannot be perfect. Because the church is a place where sinners come to be saved. So if all the sinners in the church today are saved, by next week, more sinners are supposed to come in. A good church is the one that has its doors open to sinners to come in every week. So in a good church, you will see sinners coming in every week. And they are not stigmatized. They are not isolated and treated with scorn. But they are treated with love. So a good church is a place where sinners are coming in so that they can be saved. So there cannot be a perfect church. The reason why discipleship is important. Let's go to Ephesians 4. We've read this before, but let's read it quickly and then we end it for today. Ephesians 4, 11 from 11. He said, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till, look at it, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. So, you see, we are all working towards that place. We are working towards that place. Which place? Till we all come to the unity of the faith. That means all of us will have the same level of faith. My faith level will be the same as your faith level. Faith level, all our love, us, our faith level is the same. We're experiencing the same blessing. You just tell me about what God has done for you, and I tell you what God has done for me, and we are all happy and excited. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. And that word knowledge means personal experience. Personal experience. It's not theoretical knowledge. It's like coming, getting to know Jesus in reality. So we all come to the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man and woman for that matter. To a perfect person. So that is what the church is working at. And that is why teaching of the word of God is important. Transforming people. People becoming the better self. The better version of themselves. Improving in character. Improving in, in behavior. Improving in relationship with people. Improving even in the condition of your life. To a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Paul said a time will come in the church where people have the same stature like that of Jesus. Mm, wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. That demon said in Acts 90s, Jesus I know. Paul I know. So we all come to that level. You know, Jesus, Jesus said to the disciples, I think John 14, verse 12, he said, anyone that believes in me, the works that I do, shall you do also. That we all come to that place where, yeah, he said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, 
he will do also. And greater works than this he will do because I go to my father. Now, like Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'll have replacements. May you be that replacement of Jesus. He said, there will be replaced, there will be people doing exactly what I did, exactly like me on the planet. People exactly like me in wisdom, in power, in character, in behavior, in ministry, everything just like Jesus. So the church is not perfect. That's why we need to keep praying for the church. Yeah, if you belong to a church, leave. And I tell people all the time, not everybody is supposed to be in this church to be blessed. If you think this place is not good enough for you, you need to leave. Go find another church. Maybe you will get a church that is perfect. Then you stay there. But the church you speak evil of cannot and will never be a blessing to your life. Please, are you following me? You pray for your church. You do what? You pray for your church. So, pastor, are you saying if we see things going wrong, we should not complain? Of course you should complain, but you should... There's a difference between complaining to get solution and speaking evil of your church. If you want to get a solution to the problem, there are people you talk to. You talk to leaders in the church. If you serve in a department, you don't serve in a department, talk to the church council or talk to the pastor or talk to my pastors. Don't just be happy that you saw something bad. You know, you know my issue, I say all the time, last week I was preaching in a church, I said, why is it that some people... 1,000 good things happen in the church. They will never talk about it. People are getting healed. They won't talk about it. Somebody got married. They won't talk about it. People prosper. They won't talk about it. Are you still looking at me, please? Still looking at me, please? There are people who won't talk about anything good in the church. They are waiting for one bad thing to happen. And it's like it made their day. Bad news is like excitement for some people. Then they start. Then they call people. Can you imagine what has happened again? Yeah, I'm the pastor of this church. I'm not happy about everything in this church. But I believe we're going to get better. Yeah, we're going to get better. I believe we are a good church. Yeah, we are a good church. There's hope for the future. Yeah, there's hope for the church. That's why I pray for the church all the time. I've never given up on God about this church. I pray for the church all the time. I believe that some of the issues that bother me today will not bother me next year. Yeah, I pray for the church. I pray for you. Need to pray for your church. It's your church. Don't you never tell me it's our church. Yeah, it's your church. All right, let's end it here today. We'll continue next week. Put your hands together for the Lord. By today's message, you can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.